Okay, welcome to the book club. So this month we've read... <laughs> Steady, Dora. Why do we film these things? Steady. I know, I know. It would be so much more dramatic. So we've read Black Klansman by Ron Stallworth and directed and adapted by Spike Lee. Um, I feel like I should read the blurb for people who maybe are listening and haven't read it. Give some background. Yes. So when Ron Stallworth, the first black detective in the history of the Colorado Springs Police Department, came across a classified ad in the local paper asking all those interested in joining the Ku Klux Klan to contact a P.O. box, he did his job and responded with interest using his real name while posing as a white man. His decision launched what is surely one of the most audacious and incredible undercover investigations in history. During the months-long investigation, Stallworth sabotaged cross-burnings, exposed white supremacists in the military, and even fooled David Duke himself. Black Klansman is an amazing true story that reads like a crime thriller and a searching portrait of a divided America and the extraordinary heroes who dare to fight back. <laughs> Slightly dramatized summary of it. Got <laughs> <laughs> to get people to read it. So, did everyone watch it in cinema this time? Yes. yes. Okay. Good. Oh, yes. move closer. Last time when you, your voice was very projected. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shall. Go deeper. Yes. Go well, deeper. you have like a very Go low. Deeper. Your voice is very low, so it comes off kind of muffled. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> so going to be a critique. Yes. Yeah. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Intonation. <laughs> Okay. What did we? Th we all watched, read the book beforehand. What yes. except you? No. Yes. I got halfway through, saw the film, and then finished the book. Yeah. Yeah. So Which, did I. Okay. 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 Because so obviously the endings are very different. Well, I'm, I'm in for about 15 minutes into the film. It's yeah, quite yeah, different. I know. When I was halfway through, there were things happening that had not appeared. In the book. Yeah. 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 Am I going to read this later on? <laughs> yeah, does, does Patrice just arrive at 50% into the book? But no. I, I think to flesh it out as a film, a lot needed to be. Yes. Needed to be a lot of additional material because it was quite a brief. Mm. But, but saying that, they, they drop stuff from yeah. the book. Like, they drop lots of other kind of affiliations. And yes. uh, they dropped him being a second bodyguard. Uh, when the uh, church were doing their their protest about yeah, the um, the fifteen year old who yep. was tried as an adult. Um, yeah, and the subplot about joining the clan with the other organisation. Oh, yeah, the post, yes. the post which would have yeah. just been confusing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that makes sense to sort of merge that into one. Also, that scene that he talks about a lot in the book that I didn't see in the film about the little boy on the street with his father. Do you remember that? Oh, when they were at the, the, the lights, yeah, yeah. and the, the, the Klansman sat next to them. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. when they were at the, he was at the protest. Yeah. It's kind of a shame, because that was a really nice think, little yeah. moment that yeah. you would have thought would have worked quite would, well. Yeah, and you yeah. could have put it into the film without any well, kind of other context. It would have the tone yeah. pretty well. Yeah, so yeah, very much so. That was one of the things I was yeah, not really sure why they left that bit out. Didn't it happen midway through, though? And didn't they save the appearance of them in the full outfit till quite far in? So maybe they just wanted to build that yeah. visually. Well, there's that great photo in the book of um, whatever his name is who leads the local clan. He's sort of this short, oh, podgy dude, but wearing oh, his, uh, Ken. Ken, yes. wearing his Ken clan Odell. uniform, yeah. Yeah. obviously striding down yeah. the pavement, trying to look quite, you know, masculine yeah, yeah, yeah. and righteous. He's and way failing. too good looking in the film. His character. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought everyone was was 
more handsome in yeah. movie than in. Well, except for the one doofus type. Oh, I had a real problem member. with the doofus. I know. Yeah. I had a lot so... of issues with a lot of characters. Okay, so general feeling. Okay. Wait, okay. okay. So That's just... only the start. This, this, okay. is, this is unlike you, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will hold back. Okay. <laughs> Let's go around general feelings about the book, just like on its own reading it as a memoir and like historical you know, bit of history. For, for what is an interesting story, it was quite dry. I mean, it reads, yeah. I said to Ellie that it reads like a police report. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's what it is. Yeah. It, could, it could have been a transcript of, of like yeah. his notes, essentially, that he, that he saved. Um, I feel like a short book, he like, he covers the same ground quite a lot, I thought, because yeah. it's, it's a quick read anyway. And if you chopped out all the things he repeats, you're losing like a third of the book. Thomas? Uh, well, it, uh, I was I was quite fascinated by how it ended because it was a very truncated ending, mm. yeah. which is probably more realistic for a police department investigation. Yeah, As he says, this was an intelligence gathering Operating. mission, yeah. Yeah. and as soon as they had gathered enough information, that was it was not a criminal investigation. So you weren't going to get a satisfying uh, arc where you have this, this triumphant last act where they were going to walk in and arrest everybody. And so I, 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 kind of, I kind of felt it was anticlimactic, which is more in keeping with the reality of the investigation that they were yeah. conducting. That, that feels more true to like police work as well. Yes. All, all police work isn't about arresting bad guys and like thwarting plots and stuff. It's about like gathering intelligence and protecting people, even if it isn't just preventing something yeah. or, or like you say intelligence gathering I think we're very used to television and film yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the way that the those types of uh, occurs professions mm. are portrayed that they're, they're always beats and we're always going to keep building the beats until we have a final crescendo yeah. and very satisfying and tidy ending and I I quite feel that he along with everyone involved in it was a little taken aback that suddenly it was uh, it was concluded and it was over mm. and there wasn't going to be a, a great no, the, the, everyone well, in, in the you kind of, I don't know if I can say everyone because like you only really hear Ron's Ron's kind of point of view in the book but it felt like everyone had this connection to David Duke and thought they could push out into other other chapters and other parts of the, the KKK and kind of gather more intelligence and build a bigger picture of this this kind of uh, nationwide kind of issue, especially with um, David Duke saying himself as like, uh, what, what was his like official title? He wasn't going about the Grand Wizard. He was like oh. a Cyclops. No, 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 no. no. national director. Yeah, national director and that kind of thing. Like, I felt like that. that Ron definitely felt like he thought he could. This was going to be like a bigger thing. So mm. I think he was definitely caught off guard by the. And good shutting job. Him well, no, they, they <laughs> yeah. shut him down, though. It wasn't yeah, a good yeah. job. They were. They said, "We well, don't want this." Yeah, 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 yeah. Public. Well, yeah. So you have this t this very matter of fact tone yeah. that sort of lulls you into this sense that everything is very factual, and then you have this thing with the photograph, which has mysteriously gone missing, mm. and this very awkward explanation that it's in a box somewhere with records and he can't be bothered to find it. I feel like that's yeah, a little too. And, and then you think, well, and then. What was the other exciting bit? The other exciting bit is he gets to go into no, Nora. Right. Yeah. But nobody else sees him going in Nora. And there's no proof he's ever gone into Nora. And then the chief at the end says, this never happened, don't, don't tell anyone about it. So he writes a book about it. Yeah. 
it, it all felt a bit odd at that point. Yeah. But did he write the book back in 2014? So yeah. this was years, years, years later. Yeah, yeah and then the, the afterword, sort of I think, has been yeah. added on the end. Some of this. Yeah. He might have, edited, uh, might have edited it, actually. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's always a little bit of self mythologizing, I think, that goes Which into You this. can definitely feel, he definitely has a Work. certain level of self importance in the way he talks about himself, which is, you know, fair enough. But one thing I think I appreciate appreciated more in the book as opposed to the film, mm -hmm. not that I want to get too far ahead of myself, but I think because it's written in a very dry manner and quite casual, it's a situation, the absurdity of which I think doesn't need to be goosed any more than what it is, uh, which I think the film pushes even way too far. Ellie, what are your feelings about the work? I didn't think he was that... Um not self-involved, sort of self-promoting. Oh, yeah. Self-important. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I actually thought he was for what he'd done yeah. and for the time that it happened. I thought actually thought he was quite sort of humble about it. The for me, the thing that made him the thing that made it him feel uh, like he was embellishing and building the story mm. up uh, and kind of talking himself up was this whole thing about how I never want to be a policeman, but here I am being like this first-time detective. You want to be a PE teacher. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's this whole thing about he didn't want to do this thing, but he has done it, and now he's the first detective, and now he's the first like black intelligence agent, and he's the first person to like infiltrate the KKK, who's like African American. Um, it felt like he was he was patting himself on the back a lot, not in a bad way, because like he did like good work, but like it did feel like the book was was very much a lot I of think that. You say embellishment, some might just say good storytelling, <laughs> which I felt the rest of it was lacking because yeah. it was so matter of fact and so. You know, you've got to pick those points and make something of them. Yeah. Because it would have been nice, I think, though, if he fleshed out some of the other people he worked with yeah. instead of being so repetitive on certain points, like with Chuck and his mm. you know, yeah. partner. I'm absolutely like, not saying that the entire book is beautifully written. <laughs> and, you know, but I feel like maybe he needed those particular plot points mm. and perhaps took them to a new level for that reason, to give it a bit more of something he couldn't provide organically. Mm -hmm. well, he certainly knows his own experience, and I think that that's, yeah. by writing this particular book, he has to remain very close to his experience of it. Yeah. And perhaps in the fraternity in this police department, everybody had a particular role to play, and he doesn't know really, I'm sure he doesn't talk to the others enough to know exactly what their experience was, mm -hmm. so he probably says, I will write what I know. I'm surprised. I haven't heard like any fallout from people who, because there are a lot of people involved in this event. I haven't heard comments from anyone. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I think there there was the one thing I read about where David Duke called him to ask what well, he was concerned about his portrayal in the film because he because David Duke didn't know in about the film as opposed to the, the film because he I guess he didn't know about the book wait so David Duke rang Ron yes. to, to ask him about the film I was reading in an interview and he called and so he saw the film and actually liked the portrayal I'm not surprised actually. yeah I'm yeah. not surprised either yeah. also thought it was very good casting oh like he looks very so we could we could start on that and sort of the, who they're picking for the roles. I thought they did an amazing job on who they chose from 
Okay, I see a, a facial expression. <laughs> well, we were talking about this earlier in the office because a number of people have yeah. seen it and have wildly different opinions. Okay. And one of the issues we were talking about was the casting of David Duke because there's almost nothing... You see, given that so much of it then veers into sort of enormous caricature... Right. To have someone play David Duke that straight with sort of very real... There's very little sort of menace or insinuation. It's quite direct. Well, I don't sort of, think in the story he's menacing either, because he says, he, in the book mm. he says, I think he's actually kind of a ni- normal guy, you know, he talks about his family, in, aside yeah. from his point of view on sort of uh, black people and anyone of any ethnicity. But, but it feels yeah. very odd when you put him t- against the, the very evil rat-like guy who's just oh, yeah. evil all the way through, and the really stupid bumbling guy who's just stupid and bumbling all the way through. But that's a problem of, uh, I think, Spike be adding extra bits that maybe sort of... <laughs> take away from <clears throat> David Duke's character. But I, I think uh, like John David Washington as Ron Stallworth, I think he did a really good job. For someone who isn't really a well-known actor. Yes, but I feel like they're all pawns of Spike Lee yeah, and I mean, Spike completely. Lee's agenda. <laughs> Every Spike Lee film, people are just sort of pawns for his, you know. I know. I just thought at some time, at certain points, I was watching a Looney Tunes cartoon with the characterization, and I, yeah. I, I almost wished for the righteous, ain't the the righteously angry and infuriated Spike Lee rather than a playful Spike Lee, because. I mean, the art I think might be a symptom of his last few films have been a sort of or have not done very well in him wanting to try doing a mainstream political film that sort of appeals to a wider audience but still being himself and kind of it's definitely been built in a different way though isn't it because we yeah. came out of the theatre and the first thing we heard someone say was oh I don't know why it was so politically charged and it's being billed as that like mass market comedy. I mean, yeah. maybe not everywhere, but some people have got the impression that that well, the, is the film they're yeah. going to see. The way, the way it ends with the the actual footage from Charlotte yeah. is yeah. like a theatrical release edition. Like when it was playing yeah. at festivals, that wasn't. Well, that wasn't. He in there. added that after the fact because the film was finished before that happened. And yeah, yeah. When he saw that those events happened, he decided to add it. But film. it had been screened a few times without any of that stuff, so it, end, it ended with them being shut down. And that Is was that true the, of the book as well, then? He added the afterwards. The afterwards. Yeah, yeah. 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 recently. That, yeah. that was okay. for the new edition. Which is, I mean, that ending is immensely powerful because yeah. you're laughing along at the ridiculous caricatures yeah. and then all of a sudden the yeah. sort of harsh reality slams into you. Yeah. Yeah immensely powerful and then you walk out the cinema going oh that was amazing but then the more you think about it the more it sort of falls apart yeah I mean I have a real problem with Spike Lee you know using caricatures of white people to pursue his political agenda which is the same complaint that he's making of the whites using caricatures of black people. I hated the character of the wife oh as my well. Goodness. That was really yeah. just it was so offensive. It, it's yeah. almost offensive. I mean, there's just so many things to talk about with it. I don't know, where, where do you... But I think that's the thing, there's, there's enough stupidity yeah. in the book. In the actual in, story. In, yeah, without needing yes. to embellish it to that yes. degree where it becomes caricatured and overplayed and doesn't not as effective. I mean, he does, like, there are scenes that are to the T, the book, like in the beginning where he has the interview, which is the same, and 
Though I kind of wish they had done the bit about his hat that yes, they talked about. Yeah, because that, yeah, that, that would have. I was waiting yeah. for them to do that because it was so funny and it was such a great little just bit that happened. But they, you know, skipping over these. I'm not sure really why you would take that out and just going straight into the him finding the ad. And it, it, him, and sort of making it seem like he's just hired to be a cop. He never had to, you know. Mm. It all felt a bit disjointed. Yeah. The first act. He's just sort of. He was rushing through a lot yeah, of things. Yeah. To get yes. to the point. And I think in the book, what, what was interesting for me in the book, especially at the beginning, yeah. was that he was really setting the environment of what it was like at the police department at this mm -hmm. time, the protocols that were in place. Yeah. Uh, his experience in the records department and with his colleague. Again, I think, I'm not sure Spike Lee was very interested in, in any of that. He, yeah. he wasn't a story about... There wasn't any character building and sort of, yeah, there was no foundation, I think, of <clears throat> how you, he got there and what he was facing up against. And that could have been an interesting film, but I think yeah. Spike Lee had something else in mind that he wanted to try to relate all of this to what's happening now yeah. uh, and his his agenda was political it wasn't necessarily what, what, factual what do we think of them taking Chuck and turning him into Flip which I didn't realize that was his name in the film and Driver's well, character yeah, for, uh, Philip Zimmerman or Flip, Flip yeah. yeah yeah it was what the, Chuck the Jewish became. character um, I mean, I, I I think Adam Driver is a good actor, and I think he's yeah, I thought he had. A, I thought well. he was, his performance was was very good. Uh, it, it, it felt like the 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 addition of his character and the, the changes they made were were to add uh, some kind of jeopardy and tension to the undercover white cop. Because if he if he wasn't like Chuck wasn't Jewish, like so like there was other than them finding out he's an undercover cop, that that was the only danger to him. Yep. But they added like they stacked the danger. For for Adam Driver's character, and then even more so at the end when you when you have him like made by a guy he's put in put in prison, you've got like these three layers of like all these horrible things that can. Let me say that why that doesn't make any sense at the end when it when they're told that their operation is over and they they it feels like everybody is upset by it. It's like, but you've all been made. It's not like it was in the book yeah, yeah. where yeah. you're virtually unknown by everybody. You well, just made were, a very public yeah. the, appearance. The people they were made by blew up. Yeah, they're, they're all dead. Anyway. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. So. Well, the, the wife, I guess, knows who they are. No, the wife, the wife had already left before anyone had made them. She'd been sent off with her C4. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> so I Which guess I, they could have gone back. Sounds, sounds mad coming yeah. out. But, um, I, but that didn't make that didn't make any sense, and uh, there's a I lot mean, of things that, that, that didn't make sense, and it, they wouldn't have been able to continue the investigation because of what happened at the induction ceremony near the end of it when he was. There was a lot of that. A lot of uh, a lot of dots weren't joined up. Like yeah. for mm. me, the real problem was the police chief character, yeah. Yeah. who keeps entirely changing his mind about, uh, seemingly changing his mind. So one minute he's he's on the alleged is appearing to be on the side of the racist cop, backing him up. The next minute, he's helping them arrest him in a sting. I operation. hated that scene. That was just. So and then the next scene. minute, he's saying, oh, "Shut this down. I don't care." And it's like, wait, your motivation is very confusing. To me. Like mm -hmm. at all points throughout the yeah. scenario. And like the, the that's that scene where he helps them arrest the the, the bad cop um, yeah. was like a terrible scene. And if you lose that scene, 
him then shutting them down, his through arc is much more kind of yeah, consistent. Yeah, it would have been so much better. Rather than having this weird dip where he's like, oh no, he's actually nice, yeah. he's helping him impress this guy, and then it, oh no, but he's shutting them down. Yeah. What, where's he at? Because he makes sense as Arthur, the, the chief in the book, and he make, he is that character, yeah. but then that one scene completely broke. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a terrible scene, which is just wish fulfillment, where they have the final conversation with David Duke on the phone, oh. and they're all oh. snickering oh. openly in the That's background, the so even though you're covering the phone. I'm okay, sure wait, 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 we can get to, can we can get to the ending. We can get to the ending, oh. but we have to. Okay, and then so and then the other added character, Patrice, as well, yeah. for, for the romantic interest. I didn't think that worked either. No, I mean because in the book as well, which I found really interesting, is his point of his perspective on the Black Panther movement as them as a problematic radical group as well. So he kind of views them similarly to the Ku Klux Klan as all radical groups of this form are something that are dangerous. And in the film, he's quite sympathetic to them and sort of invested in their, you know, supporting them. Which is... Well, obviously they needed to create that character. Yeah. So he had a foil against which to talk about the issues in the black community because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't be able to explore them really. Here he could write about them and we could understand them interior-wise. But there they had to create that. But I thought she was shoehorned in in a very awkward way. I do like her. Way. I didn't realize she's the love interest from Spider-Man. The, no, okay. From, in, you know, the high school girl. Homecoming? Homecoming, yes. Yeah, Homecoming. Do you remember? She's the daughter. What's her name? Laura? No, of course she is. Yeah, there you go. It yeah. took me a while to realize. Oh, amazing. Yeah. She I looks thought, very I different. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was great. I, I quite liked the character. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't mind her... She was clearly mechanically necessary to have yeah. those conversations. Yeah. Although I think Whether those conversations worked or actually explored anything in detail, I don't know. And we didn't spend a lot of time on with, a romance with her. that was yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um I, I do feel that she, her, she undermined what they were trying to do with the, with the movie version of Ron, with Ron for me though. Because they're, they're presenting him in the movie as much more of this like good guy cop out for justice and that's his like whole mission and then you've got him like undercover then weirdly pursuing this girl that he's met undercover and like lying to her <laughs> um and it just kind of didn't didn't really sit well for me i think at some point somebody says wait you're not starting a relationship with somebody you met undercover he's like, oh no no no, no, no. Just on and then the next scene he's like on a date with her or whatever it's like you're such an idiot yeah <laughs> whereas like him as a person would never do that. And it's mm. fascinating because he was on set, Ron Stallworth, and was the, present for like all the table reads and stuff mm. and was heavily involved in the film. So he is okay with the portrayal of himself. Maybe there is a real Patrice that he wishes he pursued. Yeah, but he didn't. Living vicariously. Yeah. I don't know, I didn't mind her. I thought it kind of humanized him yeah. in a way. It's nice to see that side because the book is so matter of fact and so step by step this, yeah. is, this yeah. is what happened you know no I don't think it's the worst change made I think I, it's very no with all the additional characters yeah. I objected to her the least yeah. certainly what, uh, what did work for everyone in the movie was there, was there anything that did work well for people in the movie or like a scene or anything that stands out I, things I've I loved a lot of the scenes yeah, yeah. the problem was they don't belong in the same movie yeah <laughs> um, you know this, the scene at the end with Doctor I forget his name telling the story about the the boy in uh, Alabama that was 
Yeah, and you're cutting back to the birth of a nation scene. You're cutting yeah. in between, yeah. And it's all immensely effective. It's all yeah. very well yeah. structured and put together. It's very emotional, but it's a totally different film, felt to me, than mm. you know, the more slapstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that scene and the scene where he's at the um, the Black Panther talk, those that two scenes really are from the same movie, and then you've got this kind of slapstick comedy cop movie, yeah. and the scenes from that that work really and well. It kind of made me a bit nostalgic for Spike Lee doing that kind of, yeah. I'm doing a political movie, mm. and it's going to be political let's just do it it's gonna be great yeah the, the, the movie it felt like the movie was the point of the movie was uh white supremacists are bad the kkk is bad this still is happening now but the audience they're preaching that to is like yeah i know all this i'm, a, yeah. I'm aware of all these things you you, you haven't surprised me i i agree that but these maybe things... that's why they're presenting this much broader more widely appealing representation of it so that they get people in who i mean I would hope that the majority of people do agree with that viewpoint but do you know what I mean they're making people watch this film who wouldn't necessarily voluntarily go and see a film about those issues Mm. they're kind of broadening the appeal in that way I would love to to know that there was someone who'd gone to see the film who was a Trump supporter who then came out going I had no idea there were these similarities (laughs) because you had the the audience obviously you know here in this country all sort of sniggering a little bit when they sort of hammer home the rhetorical correlation probably why the trailer sold it like a comedy yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Starchkin and Hutch type of film in a way you kind of hope it was effective in that sense that yeah. maybe someone did go that needed to see it more than most um, but I don't know it's just playing well, it, it really. I'm going to contrast no, it, it with something from last year that wasn't very successful I think because it was very serious minded was Detroit mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which I was reluctant to see but went to see it and I was absolutely engaged in it. It was it was incendiary. But it was much more complex okay. in its characterization. Mm-hmm. It made you very conflicted mm. about every character from a white yeah. racist up to the black cop who was yeah. mired in this. The, really that, that's the problem situation. this this movie yeah. had is everyone is Black and white. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Like every, there's there's a bad white cop. There's like the good black cop. Yeah. The the rest of the white cops are seemingly good. Um, everyone who's part of the KKK is bad. stupid and yeah. bad. <laughs> um, and 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 that's it. Like like even David Duke, who who is like a like an intelligent man in in real life. Like I don't agree with any of his political views, but is a smart man. Yeah. Um, you just don't get that feel for him, especially the scene at the end where they like reveal to him. That it's all this this oh, big ruse. I wish they had included the fact that like Ken O'Dell's wife is Mexican in the book. But that but that's not the movie they made but though. It, they didn't want been, any I kind know, of complexity. It, it would have been so fascinating to have that complexity to show these people that are you know feeding to this point of view, but also sort of aren't. It would have been yeah. Yeah, yeah. But 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 like like, like, like we've all said that that wasn't who they were. I, I like the exploration in the book of David Duke as this new face, this new yeah. corporate yeah. face of, yeah. of the organization. Yeah. And the way Ron, Ron rather, speaks about him in the book is like he speaks of him much more highly in the book, I think, than they portray him in yes. the in, in the movie. Um, especially, they, the, especially the scene when he's sent to like be his bodyguard. Yeah. The way Ron tells that story in the book is he's much more courteous and like appreciative that they're taking yeah. these death threats seriously regardless of anything else but in the, in the movie he just like brushes past him and like obviously in the book and the movie you get the yeah. scene where the photo's taken yeah. he, Which is good. He, has no, a, he has a freak yeah. out 
but it works even more in the book because he's he's put on this kind of front and it's like I appreciate your your professionalism thank you and and then he has the freak out I still do not believe that happened that scene I know <laughs> fundamentally do not believe that David Duke said yes take my photo yeah. Mm. yeah really I just I, I wonder if they if people asked him whether or not mm. or anyone who I was could, there I could see I could see him being it so self assured yeah. um, that he feels like he's humouring this person who he sees as beneath him yeah. Um, and, and doing it, it's like a joke to everyone else who's there of like, look at this. But then I sort of want to see some of that. I want it, I want, I want to be told that that is what it is. Yeah, I suppose. To read into it. And I didn't, yeah, yeah. It just true. sort of goes, yeah, fine. So, any scenes that you didn't think were well played out? Oh, there aren't very, weren't very many that I thought played well. I'd say most, most of them I didn't, I didn't buy. You know, for instance, the scene in the, or the the part in the book where he's he's listening to the, the daily KKK oh, yeah, recording, yeah. And, and, then and, and then that's when suddenly David Duke gets on the phone. Just yeah. is on the phone, and he's yeah. talking to him, which was done in the film, but it wasn't done with the same kind of like, startled oh, yeah. uh, disbelief that he's yeah. finally talking to David Duke. It happened so. Yeah, he sort of brushed it off. Yeah. And then was brushed off. He didn't have a reaction to it yeah. outside of just starting to talk with him. Mm-hmm. But there should have been some kind of res- uh, response from him, an expression from him about that moment. Because in the book, I was startled along with him. Yeah. Well, Someone's yeah. talking to David too. But, but, crazy. But, but like in the, in the book, that's a much bigger deal. But in the movie, you're building towards this C4 plots so meeting David Duke is a, is a much smaller milestone yeah. on your way there but in a book that ends with with just some policemen doing some good intelligence work and stopping some cross burnings meeting David Duke is such a big moment because because it's because it is intelligence gather, gathering and talking to him feels like a next step up whereas in the movie it's like this is a, a means to an end yeah. sort of thing and I wanted to see the scene in the film that we saw in, in the book too that made more sense at, at the start of the investigation where he and Chuck have to get their stories straight, and there probably had to be a closed door right. meeting between the two of them yeah. when they're trying. He's trying to tell him, "This is what I've spoken to him about on yeah. the phone." So make sure that if he asks you yeah. about this, here. Yeah. in the I movie get you that. get the, you get a throwaway scene where they're like reading a script the together, like room. the three of them. What about you? What were your? Did you have scenes that you thought particularly powerful? the movie more positively than everyone else. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect. No, 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 we're a very cynical group. <laughs> and, no, it's good, it's good. Professional cynic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, I'm not very well-versed well in Spike Lee, so perhaps yeah. that's why, because I'm coming in quite blind to the rest of his work. And just, no, 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 you it's know, good. But yeah, I thought, I kind of feel like it took the necessary steps to make it into a fully engaging movie. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can criticise certain elements of that, but yeah. then I do think... No, it just felt like the payoff was there for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's generally an enjoyable film, and that you walk away like reflecting on it and think, you know, thinking about what's going on in the world and going like, oh shit, you know, it's just kind of, you know, we've gotten worse essentially since then. Um, and telling this kind of amazing story is important, whether or not we agree how the execution has occurred. Um, what about? So you said you talked to your colleagues about it. What? and I'm assuming none of them have read the book, what were sort of different perspectives on it? Well, suddenly there are some people who, you know, Spike Lee, it's a return to yeah, form, sort of like, it's amazingly yeah. powerful. Um, and I, you know, I get that, I respect that. I mean, it's important that films 
addressing these issues get made and get made in an incendiary fashion and aren't afraid to sort of put themselves out there and potentially be a bit ridiculous in order to, to make a point. Um, other people identified a lot of the same problems that I had in terms of the, the incongruity of certain scenes and, and certain characters that played too much as caricatures in a way that if the roles were reversed would be offensive. Yeah. So if you're against that sort of thing, maybe don't do it. Um, so different opinions. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is one that's going to get settled because obviously it was. Uh, what did it win the grand prize? It, it yeah. can. It did. Yeah. yeah. It did. Um, so it will. It will enter award season with some degree of. Um, <laughs> you know. There's talk of um, uh, Denzel's son winning best actor, uh, despite his dad not getting the nod when he was in the. Awkward. <laughs> yep. You know he was in the NFL. Before yep. he became an actor, really? mm-hmm. John David Washington. Uh, it's interesting. He's in the show Ballers on HBO. Yeah, so he's, he's he's like. Uh, are you a, are you a keen Ballers no. fan? <laughs> no, I'm not. That's why Nora picked this book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, spoken like an authority. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but do you think that was an aesthetic choice of his to make them? Well, he those types of caricatures to show up the fact of how the history of I mean, it is sort of like hitting people over with the hammer. But that, I mean, that is, and that, I, don't, yeah. I don't think Spike Lee's been accused of subtlety a great deal. <laughs> no, <laughs> and it is the problem of a film that you're you kind of have to like and put on a pedestal, and you're yeah, the sort of media is obliged to be a fan of it. It's sort of when you're reading reviews, it's sort of. Are these really reviews, or are they just... Interesting. I, I read lots and lots of negative reviews. Okay. Like, lots of negative What's reviews. Um, the Guardian review wasn't particularly glowing. Okay. Um, I read a, a review on Vox, which was, like, uh, did a really nice job of, like, deconstructing it and talking about how uh, the subtleties kind of, like, dulled... The, the, the lack of subtlety dulled the kind of impact of what you could have had yeah. um, with, with, with the story. Um, I did read... Um, Oh name? yeah, Boots, Boots Riley. Boots Riley's kind the, of his take tweet down about of it. it was. It's, <laughs> don't, get, don't get me started yeah. on the whole Boots Riley. Thing. Well, it's just he's. I feel. I kind of feel bad for him because the, his film and Spike Lee's films constantly getting compared in a lot of the reviews. Yeah, but he, it just seemed like such a transparently yeah. manipulative yes. move to come out and say how dare Spike Lee make a movie with is. a hero yeah. who's a black cop. Well, because his, I've got a movie that's out. I mean, People should be watching that. Instead. Did you read the like two-page thing? I think I, I speed read it. I okay. won't say I gave it a great. I mean, he does make the points of like this is not a real story because he's he's so fictionalized what actually happened. But the the basic point that you shouldn't be portraying. Oh yeah, no, of course. You know, a black cop as a hero because cops are the enemy. Yeah. Well, that's the same problem with distant. Patrice's character. Well, I, think, I think he's he's. His problem for my reading was more that um, they were portraying all of the other cops, bar one, as willing to kind of like... Um, were, were, they were all against the KKK, apart from that one guy. The rest of the cops were like, no, no, racism's bad, the KKK are bad. Well, and, like, and the guys who gave them proper kicking, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true, that's true. Um, I, don't, I quite like that scene actually. There was something quite honest mm. about it. it yeah, just no, felt no. Really true. Okay, should we talk about the bombing scene? <laughs> Did anyone like it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it was it was it was unnecessary jeopardy for a film that could have had lots of jeopardy 
already built into it. Like you lose the scene from the book where uh, Jim's initiated into the KK and writes doesn't write his undercover name on the the application oh, forms. Yeah. He writes his real name. And like if you have that scene in the movie, all of a sudden that's like a, an incredibly tense scene where like everything could unravel, yeah. anything could go off. Yeah. And if, especially if in the movie you've established these guys as like gun nuts already, and that's your big moment of like what are they going to do in this situation if they find out this guy's undercover. And being... they could have hyped up the no rad. Norad scene and like him going into the mountain in the book. Well, I like, guess they sort of did that with the guy who. They had that was, scene. I couldn't quite figure out who that guy was that he had a meeting with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only lovely looking location. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they, but they could have turned that into something. I yes. think as well. Mm. They talk about in the book the fact that they there was two like gay bars that were like threatened and they that could have been manipulated into something, but to just pull out. A bombing. <laughs> if you're going to talk about that, you need to talk about the wife in a wider context oh. as well. It just like as <laughs> the only. I can't remember her name. What's her name? I can't either. I'll look her up. Okay. As the only white female character in the film, she was so like it was such a sad character and really upsetting. It's quite depressing. I mean, we, uh, I understand, uh, obviously, in addition to being racist, yeah. but also misogynists, most likely, yeah. or sexists. But then, did he have to go the step further and make the infantilize the wife like he yeah. did and make her so childish? And I, I thought that was actually in the first sequence when he first tells her to remove herself from the room. Yeah. She does take quite a strong I stance she was and says, yeah, you know what, you're going to need me one day. But then yeah. later she repeats that line as though she wasn't yeah. pushing back at yeah. all and actually right. now she's fulfilling her purpose, which sort of undermined. It's more a need to be needed. Than and of yeah. course she had to be yeah. bumbling about it. Yeah. Connie yeah. is yeah. her Connie. name. Thank you. Yeah. And that scene in bed between the two of them... <sighs> where, 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 Again, it was so, that character is it, pushed was, to such a degree It was cringeworthy in the wrong way. Makes sense. It's sort of, I don't know. But all of those I characters just, become two-dimensional, you know, caricatures. The, not just Connie, but, but also the, mm. the crazy one who can't give up the idea that everyone's against him. And the, the bumbling one who's clearly incompetent at everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's that other sequence, again, that didn't exist in the novel and was just there to create drama. When he takes him down into the basement, he's yeah. going to give him a lie detector test, and that's when Ron decides to throw a stone through the window at the crucial moment that he didn't yeah, even yeah. know where they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, no, I, I think the thing with that scene as well, actually, though, um, you have that scene where he throws a rock through the windows to distract them or whatever. Uh, Flip's character comes running out, grabs the gun out of that guy's hand, and starts shooting to like kind of convey his like anger. Yeah. Um, but like doesn't hit him, misses completely. I thought they were building to the scene when he all of a sudden he's like an excellent marksman later on with the rifles. Yeah. That they were going to like start piecing things together and be like, mm, something yeah, doesn't yeah. add up to the character. Yeah. But like no, they don't. Yeah. Nothing. It's a degree of subtlety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's because I in one of the reviews, one of the reviews I read, um, the their takeaway and their. Their concern about Spike Lee's portrayal of the the KKK was he wanted to portray them as these bumbling buffoons uh, and attempt to not uh, alienate any white viewers who may already be aware that the KKK are bad. He didn't want anyone to like see themselves in a white character who was who was bad. He wanted them all to relate to Adam Driver's character, which is why for me uh, Walter was the most interesting character from the KKK. 
he's the one who first picks up the phone yeah. when Ron calls him, the oh, first yeah. one at the bar, yeah. who seems like he's got a bit more kind of, he, he seems like he's a bit smarter. Yeah. He's got these horrific rev- views, but he's not spouting all the time. He can kind of hold that back. And in the bar, he feels like he's more in control of the situation. And I feel like if we had more of those characters, yeah. he could be like, oh, like anyone could be in the KKK. And that's why this is a dangerous organization yeah. rather than no they're obvious yeah. racist you could walk in that bar and go well these guys are obviously yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. A, why I think they could have done something with the no rad guys that you know these are people in like high powerful positions mm. and no one there realized that they were in the KKK and yeah. if you sort of played on that yeah. although that scene plays into your conspiracy theory about not things not happening in the memoir that did yeah. I, thought, I thought it was <laughs> clearly just too yeah. paranoid the, the, the scene yeah. when they take him to, to NORAD just to look through his like portfolio of names I didn't buy into it yeah. I mean maybe it did happen what, what do I know but the movie portrayal of it where a guy just pulls up and goes let me see your list these two excellent thanks very much well it's also very dramatised get in the car where are we going I, yeah, won't, yeah. I can't tell you yeah 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 <laughs> right. if you can't tell me where we're going let's just have the like the meeting here just yeah. I've got my list here you've got your list we can just compare them yeah. here but it, it felt like you know it just felt like there was a bit of a waste there because you could have made a movie where the KKK characters were average, normal people that you yeah. would have run into yeah. in a supermarket. Yeah. And then occasionally they just come out with the most yeah. horrible views. Yeah. And they're somehow egging each other on in sort of very, very human, very sort of club way yeah. to do worse and worse and worse things. Yeah. And until it all gets out of hand and it all goes spiralling into chaos. Yeah. But luckily it doesn't because they're being, you know, they've been infiltrated from a very early point. And I feel like that's real life as well. Most people I've met who I would consider racist or they have sort of upsetting political point of views, you don't realise until you actually ask that question and otherwise you would think, oh, these are normal people. There's that great, in the, in the book, there's that great push-pull between the public and the personal. And David Duke is the, the great proponent of that. Yeah. He'll be vile when he's on the phone with a fellow uh, brother. Yes. But it, he's very polished and very articulate, uh, yeah. very boy next door when he's in his public persona. And you see really... him at the end when he's speaking to yes. the crowd as well, and he looks kind of just like another guy. I mean, that... that Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the scene is in the in the film when he, uh, when he's Ron is on the phone with David Duke at one point and he talks about the dialect. Well, I can tell the dialect. The, that, that, it's in the movie. It's in the film. No, it's like Trunk takes it. It's not quite as, as long yeah. as he explains the whole thing in the book. But that scene is there. Yeah. It's in the although he doesn't in the book. He then says every time I had a conversation with him, <laughs> I made that yeah. 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 point. Which is so funny. And he didn't. He so, still didn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, comprehend it. They, they do it at well, the end of the movie when that's all he's saying is oh, the yeah. like the joke. Again, too, what, what I liked in the book is, is that you then were able to get his take on that and saying he doesn't understand it as just a regional dialect like, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all all, all southerners like, like all southerners yeah. have that dialect. This way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, we don't get that. It, we don't get that reaction in the mm. in the film. Oh, I was just to say that phone call was so awful and upsetting in comparison to what when he calls him at the end, and I was so mad that he like it just felt like he fell into this sort of Hollywood eyes trap 
to satisfy Spike Lee to satisfy oh, you mean the way the last the, scene yeah, played out. That Spike Lee was just like you said earlier, wish fulfillment. And he's like, I wanted him to call him and like give him the finger and say, you know, I did this mm. to you. And it's like, but that wasn't the point of the story. The point was he yeah. didn't do that. That he had the self control and that he thought of the bigger picture. Well, I was I was kind of amazed when he was saying that the Charlottesville footage was tacked on because I'd assumed that that was a deliberate strategy yeah. to lull the audience yeah. into a mm. sort of you know, yay, hilarious, fist in the air sort of moment, and then to undercut that with brutal reality, yeah, like very very quick, which which I found amazingly effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, so no, that, that footage then does does really work. Um, the problem you've got with that, the big laugh at the end with the whole David Duke middle finger thing is like, this feels really undermines the characters. Like, this is still a dangerous man. Like, you haven't arrested him. You, the, you're not pressing criminal charges against this man who is still the head, the, the head of this incredibly dangerous organization, mm-hmm. who in the movie you've established as like willing to bomb places. Like, so admitting to him on the phone, yeah, it was me all along. I am that black detective you met feels like such a dangerous gambit. Although I guess quite careful not to at any point suggest that the real David Duke had anything to do with of course bombing. It was all the local crazies who yeah. were doing that. He didn't know anything. But again, it, that didn't really happen. That didn't happen anyway. <laughs> because, but you know, in the book it's kind of like these guys, yes, they have this club where they hang out and talk racist shit, but they're not really organised enough to actually do anything that bad it seems no in in the book it, it really feels like they they want chuck to be the, the chapter leader because they feel like he actually might get something done because yeah. he seems the most organized and put together them because he tells me he works for like the government or whatever they, i think they feel like god if chuck takes over the chapter maybe he can really make a difference and that's why they're yeah. so pushing for him to take over in the book well at least that was my 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 read of the situation well one of the things I got out of the book was a wish to watch Mississippi Burning again (laughs) because he he starts telling this other story and I keep going this is really familiar to me and then as played by Gene Hackman I did like that scene with Alec Baldwin when they were doing the oh, recording. The bookend. I did not understand that. Oh, I didn't. At all. I didn't understand what it was, but I was like, this is a kind of. A it joke. was so very confusing. Is he practicing a speech oh, by no, standing he... in front of a projector? Well, it, it's meant to be. They talk about it in the book, though, that it's like this. It's by the founding Grand Wizard that it's some sort of recording. So. Alec Baldwin is the founding Grand Wizard? Yes. Yeah, D- Doctor... Standing in front of a projector. What's his name? Did they talk about it, though? They do, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the, the context of it. The script of practicing. Yeah, yeah I just found the whole the whole scene very confusing, and, okay. and it, then it didn't come back to it. And I, I, yeah. no, they needed to explain it. Let's say about stunt casting. What? That was very oh, yes. distracting. Yes. Watching Harry Belafonte was very distracting. And again, that was a very risably intercut sequence. Yes. With his testimony about this lynching then to cut with the induction ceremony of, of the new converts. Uh, that, that, that scene really worked for me. Does it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, very by the numbers, but effective. Yeah, yeah, to- yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's like an obvious choice, but it's like a, I thought it was an effective one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm not familiar enough with Harry Belafonte to find the casting. No. It, like did, it didn't leap no, out didn't to me. me. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Because um, they didn't have, there was no way otherwise, because there's no scene in the book, I think, where they're in their garbs, in the... 
they can't afford guards. Yeah, they can't. Because the police too. department won't approve forty dollars <laughs> to buy them. Which is which is uh, obviously I how much I, with inflation what that would actually be. Yeah. Well, I do remember reading a book once where they were they were talking about the KKK. It was sort of one of these books where it's like the alternative history. Yeah. And the, the way they were portraying, the, this particular author was portraying the KKK was that essentially it was a mail order organisation yeah. which just made a lot of money out of selling robes yeah. because the robes themselves cost nothing and they charged a ridiculous yeah. amount of money for them. And then the membership and the admin yeah. fee. And the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's quite funny. Else. It's like graduation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> must... I found it fascinating, the whole history of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Because at one time, they had to be quite... Uh, a threatening force yeah. if they were in and there must have been a few canny members who could actually at one time have infiltrated every uh, yeah. system of power in Colorado where the, the whole government was oh, led yeah. by Ku Klux Klan members so at some point there had to be someone yeah. with uh, some kind of drive intelligence Although to I, create that position of then power. you could say the same thing about um, the Freemasons yeah. I mean, I'm assuming no one here is a Freemason. No. I'm, I'm but the Freemasons are still pretty powerful. <laughs> the president of France is a Freemason. Do you know that? No. Yes. <laughs> really? Yes, they are. I, I kid you not. This it's not very public knowledge. <laughs> it's going from a book film club to a conspiracy club. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's quite well known, actually. So, so people can't have always been buffoons. Yeah. There had to be someone with a vision. Yeah. Well, I mean, David Duke, of course, you know, yeah. has a vision yeah. that and he's going to legit oh, legitimize. Then, the then one of the guys in the book goes on to start Stormfront, which I thought was really fascinating mm -hmm. as well. Like, yeah. so a lot of these guys that yeah, were marrying David Duke's divorced ex-wife, yes. then starting Stormfront. So a lot of the people is a great story. There. Yeah, the, a lot of the people in here are actually organized and ended up, you know, are still in power in some way or another. Probably not Ken O'Dell, though. <laughs> I don't know what but happened I think to him. That's what's, there is a sort of very interesting difference about the organization as a bunch of people who are looking for purpose and are quite ineffectual at life and are somehow sort of, you know, egging each other on and becoming involved in this sort of relationship with each other and the people who are viewing it much more as a sort of means to an end, like yeah. a, a legitimate, powerful organization that are actually trying to give it legitimacy and influence and the, the clear contrast between the two sets of people. And I think they, he kind of tries to do that with David Duke and then um, Walter's character, who, but then you have the actual radical guy and then you have the bubbling guy who I think just wants to like hang out and have beers with, yeah, you but know. Yeah, that was kind of the problem was like Walter, wait, Walter was the guy who answers the phone. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so Walter, Walter, but then the difference between Walter and the next guy in the group was huge. I don't remember his name. Yeah. Huge. Dude, yeah. David Duke. Okay, and then Walter, and then, and then way down there, <laughs> you have these other people who don't seem like they belong in the same setting at all. Yeah. Do you think the decision to portray them in that way, though, was because as a society, like, obviously it's a completely a matter of experience, but, like, they have almost become these, like, comedic... I, obviously, I don't feel they pose a threat to me, but I just don't... I feel like we almost mock them in a way, and people forget how dangerous they could be. So that, juxtaposed with the ending, where you see that they still have a very real, very dangerous presence, it's almost... Mm. an even more impactful reminder of okay 
you can think that it's like completely ridiculous and surely no one believes that anymore and you know all this kind of thing and then actually it's like okay 2017 here we are here's these guys with these signs and these outfits and they are still preaching the same yeah. but you can you can have the same effect and not have all the cake here in the film be idiots you can still you can have them be smart people but do you not think it. that's really jarring because you almost okay. mock them and you laugh at them and you think oh god that's so ridiculous and then you think actually no this is still happening but I think yeah. to an extent it undermines it because it undermines my linking of that to that yeah like I want I, I, I sort of think a it's quite powerful when it suggests a line of tradition yeah. running yeah. from Very history true. through this, this story to the yeah. present. It world. almost undermines how dangerous it is now by saying they're idiots like they were back in the 70s. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, no, I, I kind of I agree because, you know, they're kind of disorganised idiots almost in the book a little bit as well, but they still manage to keep going and, you know, mm. you can't, you know, they're the ones who... Cry the loudest, and, essentially, and they. they well, and that Charlottesville incident—it's yeah. not an organised. It's just work one of guy a in a car. Genius. It's yeah. a yeah. Yeah. Car. yeah, but it almost lulls you into a false sense of security yeah. of like, oh, and because there is that comedic element where it's like this black guy is fooling all these horrific racists, but yeah. then at the end it's like actually okay, maybe they're not organised and maybe they're not super sharp, and you know, but they are still doing these things. And they are still having a really serious. Impact. Quite terrifying impact on the modern world, as yeah. it were. And you kind of forget that with the laughs in the film yeah. and the kind of, I don't know. No, it's true. But, but do you think the majority of people need to see them portrayed that way and they don't, they, they don't have the sophistication to know that it's not that way? No, but I found it made the ending more, probably more impactful for me. And like you say, I didn't realise that that was added on as an afterthought. So initially I thought that was a deliberate juxtaposition of them as kind of buffoons and then actually no way you need to, I guess, take it more seriously in every sense, like throughout the film in terms of the comedic additions and... But the, the, the problem is like, I mean, this is based on one person, but like the first person we heard when we left the cinema was a guy say, oh, why is it so politically charged? So the point was completely missed, at least by yeah. that guy. So what, what, what was his... Oh, yeah, was his, <laughs> you have to tell this story, though. What was his per- I don't understand what his, uh, what his follow-through on that line was exactly. Yeah, that yeah. It was, he was I expecting think, a gangster movie. Well, I, think it, I think he was expecting, like, uh, a goofy comedy yeah, about like the KKK. Like Starsky and Hutch kind of jake. Wow. Which I guess if you... Uh, especially, the, the movie opens with that... that Juxtaposed kind of like 70s groove font of uh, this is based on some faux faux show, real shit, or whatever. Don't get me started on Spike Lee's (laughs) branding of himself. Um, And if you you go go to movie expecting like an amped up kind of cop comedy, and that's your opening, and then you get this. the, the, the black guy who's interviewing him in the opening scene is like a caricature of like stereotypical African-Americans. Uh, he, also, he really took, it's stunt casting. I don't know that guy's name, but he really took me out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like if you, so if you've gone in expecting this movie and that's your opening, you're like, this is what we're in for. And then you do get laughs and the KKK are these big idiots. And then at the end you get this, oh God, I don't want to see this horrible thing that happened in real life. Like, yeah. maybe it is too jarring. exactly why you should see that horrible thing. Yeah, but that guy today is not talking about this movie. 
Or if he is, he's saying, ah, oh, the bit at the end where they blew these guys up, yeah. or he's talking about all the things <laughs> that not as fun as he th- you might think it would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, like. exactly, exactly. Or like, le- le- leave leave after they call David Duke at the end, like, don't stay <laughs> yeah. for the after bit. No, I think, you I think to see that straight is, out of Compton I think again. that's really dumbing down a lot of the audience. I think that's very... <laughs> no, no, I, I, no, I... I, I, I don't think anyone would ever say don't watch that in there. That no, was the no, most that, important bit. It, it, it is the most important bit, and that, that was that was that was maybe mean of me to say. But I think a lot of people are going to come out of it wishing that bit wasn't there. They wish they just had the last. I think maybe they wish that they experienced a different film, but I don't. And that's what was sold to them, and that's what we're saying about the whole. But I, th- but I think if you cut that shot a bit at the end, he got the film we wanted. Well, if you cut the bit at the end, what do you actually end up with? You end up with them having an argument. Patrice saying, yeah, I can't be, be with you. you. Mm. Then there's a noise outside, they go to it. Spike Lee can't help himself but do a contra-zoom shot down the Yeah, there's his dolly. On the dolly so that you have the elongation yeah, yeah. of space. Well. It, yeah. So very black exploitation yeah. because, of course, we've had black exploitation up front, we've had black exploitation yeah. discussion in the middle, we've had yeah. black exploitation in. And then the Burning Cross, and then what? The original film just ended on the Burning Cross. I'm not quite sure what that sequence then. Well, it was that was sets. to show the fact that they should have let him keep going with the case, and sort of what he talked about in the book that the phone call that he got in the office. Oh, because he wasn't doing it anymore. Yeah, ah. that they got away with. See, I thought it was more like you see, you probably shouldn't have called David Duke and laughed at him because this is now what's going to happen for the rest of the <laughs> people yeah. are going to set well, fire across. No, well. but that happened in the book as well, though. That like he says, you know, I what I could have prevented if I stayed on, if he had Yeah, they burn across outside yeah. one of the, the bars, don't yeah. they? Yes. There's a there's a clear... I can't remember why. There was, in the book, there's definitely a reason why they pick that bar. Uh, I think it's a gay bar. Oh, uh, I thought it was yeah. the bar that hosted the... Um, the yes. Carmichael. Yeah. I thought it was that, yeah. But it wasn't because of that. Oh, and then it was... No, I don't think it was. I didn't realise. So in the book, he is not, you don't get like his fanfare for um, Sergei Carmichael or what is it, Toure, I think is the name that he chooses. Oh yeah, yeah, I can't remember. So in the book he, he sticks with Carmichael, he calls him that, but in the film he goes on that whole lecture about the fact that you should call him by... Kami Toure. Kami Interestingly, uh, that's, that's them fudging a bit of history in the okay. movie. He, he doesn't take on that African heritage name until like five years later, it's like mid-80s, <laughs> oh. when he's basically moved to Africa That's and is living in Africa. That's a weird change to make. Um, but I, I, you can see why they yeah. do it. I don't know, what's, what's the point you're trying yeah, to make? Yeah, I don't... About the legitimacy of name changing? I, it, it, yeah, slightly confused. Because I think it, it, it works to talk about the fact that he wasn't only infiltrating the Ku Klan, he was also being used to infiltrate the Black Panther movement and mm-hmm. sort of to see whether or not there would be any sort of violence coming out yeah. of those groups. There were there was more undercover investigations into the Black Panthers at that time than any KKK affiliated chapter. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of fascinating. So I quite liked that in the in the, the book. In the, book it, the moment in the film was on its way to uh, investigating this as well, but then it had it was too restless and went on to other things. But I, I like when he goes into the the undercover into the club and hears him speak, and he he does start to get involved because he's a very charismatic speaker, and I think he gets carried away on the wave of this man's passion and mm. commitment and conviction. Yeah. And that's very interesting because we, we don't we no, don't get any of those kinds of things in the film. It, it doesn't want to 
to focus on anything for too long yeah. or give you too complicated of a sense of, of well, there, anything. There's a great movie in that scene being extrapolated yes. out into yeah. a longer movie yes. where it's a black officer undercover in the Black Panther. Yeah, you could have the whole thing over that, that course be, of one that night. Would and, then, really and, and then is it just him saying, like, arm yourself, brother, because it's yeah. part of his, like, act at that point? Or yeah. is he legitimately yeah. saying the revolution is coming? Yeah. And if you speak something to that kind of with that kind yeah. of power, you can be influencing a lot of people's. And I wonder because there behavior. must have been other black police officers that would have been undercover in those groups as well. And that is, yeah, I think that is a really great story to hear that perspective. Mm. And that is a quite an interesting scene where you see the, the sea faces. of faces. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. The shadow yeah. around them, and sort of they're just wrapped. Up, yeah. yeah, it's mm. just the face that's wrapped. In the in the, the words, and that's inter- that that was a very interesting moment. But I yeah. wish that it had just held yeah. a mean, little it, bit longer. He doesn't have a lot of patience. <laughs> well, it was certainly quite effective in the movie that the, the black orators are very gifted public speakers, yeah. whereas David Duke is just very bland. Yeah. There's nothing particularly wrong mm. with when, mm. when he talks in public, but it just kind of happens and then it dissipates. And I think it, well, I think David Duke as a person rather than a speaker is just sort of a natural leader and is able to organize these individuals and that kind of is how he's able to stay in power and his ambition I suppose. With that a little bit of a speech that we get in in the book again I don't think we hear it in the film is when he's trying to explain himself and you said he always couches everything in the terms of heritage and tradition Uh, but when he he suggests, I'm not, I'm not saying that we, we should eliminate the black population, but maybe we should give them a few states, and they can remain yeah. in those states. And in, in, in the movie, states you get a, a brief bit where he's talking about uh, segregation and how he doesn't hate them at all, but he thinks yeah. there should be a separation. Um, so you get the sense that maybe he's, yeah. he's, for himself and his followers, he's speaking sensibly. He's not speaking in invective. Yeah. And it's a, you know, and for a moment you would probably sit there and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't want to start listening to what he's saying, but he's yeah. saying it in a in such a way that it's it's not confrontational. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's uh, the, the the bit at the start with uh, with Baldwin. I think is essentially is that it's about them re- rehearsing lines and how they phrase these things mm. and how they structure their political views and thoughts into a way that the normal man can go, yeah, you are right, instead of go, whoa, no, that's crazy. <laughs> Um, it's all about how you present information to people. Um, it's like Scientology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it, it, I, I wish that it had. You get you, you get the sense that words can be dangerous because yeah. they can be seductive. Yeah, yeah. And the only person you are in the audience. The only person you see do that is is Stokely at the at yeah. the Black Panthers rally. Um, and I, I, I've read lots of uh, people discussing it, and they were people were quite angry at his army or self brother statement. Statement, yeah. Lots of lots of people who uh, were writing on the topic of it now were like, I met the man yeah. in real life, and at the time his thing was, what shall I do? His answer was always study, yeah. study, study, study. It's <laughs> um, in the book, though, would be their defence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bomb wasn't though. So where's yeah. the defence yeah, of that? Exactly. <laughs> I don't think anyone's trying to. Because I feel like that speech would have been recorded somewhere. 
I feel like they could have based. But that was the conversation afterwards, yeah. wasn't it? it wasn't yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. whole speech. Yeah. And I wish that they had included the, the scene from the book in the film. Again, to just give you a more complex view of things. You know, when the church invites uh, Dr. Abernathy, yeah. second in command to Martin Luther King, yeah. uh, and are basically using him as a pawn mm. to, for their agenda when they know very well that this is a case where yeah. the, someone is being condemned. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's a powerful scene and would, would have worked in the context of the film as well if you... Difficult, though, in the context of the film. Because there's a lot of subtleties, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of complexities. Yeah. Yes. You know, the sort of local power structure where the church is using him... Oh yeah, as a pawn yeah. against yeah. 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 You, have to, you have to front load a lot of information. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of stuff to get across. Yeah. When they know full well that that, that is yeah. a case where someone is guilty yeah. of the crime. Yeah. But again, but there's like lots of scenes in the film. That that is an interesting story and could have been yeah. the story of the film in and of itself. This this black detective who's and been put in It just kind of makes you think that Spike Lee can't do those sort of very subtle, quiet moments that you know. Whereas, like, he, I feel like he conveys so well in the book sort of him talking about his facial expression changing as he's telling him, this, you know, what actually happened with the teenager. And maybe it would have taken someone else to be able to convey that. Um, it, I feel like this is the problem we have every single time where we disagree with what they're choosing to make up, essentially, and then leave out and... Yeah, I don't know. But it, it isn't it isn't a story that needs to be goosed yeah. anymore. Then it, it the, the story is there. You, you don't you don't need Do to push the absurdity Do you think it's just them anymore. wanting to have their voice in the story? It's like, oh, I want to contribute my you know bit. Well, it's a spikely joint. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Kind of has to be. Um, interestingly, two white guys were the screenwriter, and then he like contributed to the yeah. adaptation. That doesn't shock me, yeah. sadly. <laughs> Although Jordan Peele was the initial director. Yeah. So he brought the project. Well, he yeah, he picked it up with uh, I think with Bloomhouse, and then they brought it to Spike Lee because they thought you know he would be the guy to bring it into you know, and it was like a really quick turnaround. I think the film from the book coming out. But certainly, I can't tax Spike Lee for no. having those. I, it's a great that project. He, that's what yeah. he want. That's how he wanted to portray it, and What's that's it, his right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think of all the films we've seen, I would not rate it poorly. No, no, no. Of the films we have we have viewed, it's probably the most accomplished in terms of filmmaking. What it's yeah. attempting, what it does with the source material, even I think is for what it adds and loses or anything. I think it's probably the most interesting. Adaptation. And you like his use of the tropes of black exploitation films. They, the, and they show all the posters of the, the films. I mean that uh, that too is this idea that there was at one time in the in the cinematic history yeah, of, of, it, an empowerment of that black filmmakers who were confused. financing their own films. And I mean, it, it felt like I was I was accidentally getting into a dialogue with Spike Lee about <laughs> black exploitation. Yeah without knowing enough about the subject, at the same time as he's quite clearly using a lot of the tropes of black exploitation in the film. So I, I, I got a bit 
uncomfortable around that because I wasn't entirely sure what I was being told, what, what yeah, the why he was using them. Yeah, in this what I was meant, story. what I was being told, or how I was supposed to engage with it. Um, and I haven't seen the shaft in about twenty years. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a new one, so you can watch that. <laughs> oh, great! <Yeah. laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you don't need to watch. Them I don't think I ever watched Superfly, so I I, I, think I you, couldn't you get involved. You can watch in the new one too that's coming out soon. <laughs> really? It's yeah, oh it's like God. coming out at the end of the year. Okay. The Superfly, they're remaking all those films. There you go. They're remaking all the black exploitation films. <laughs> what does that tell you yeah. about yeah. modern day America? Will they be genuine? I'm not sure they will be. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see if any of them are based off of books. Well, they did remake Shaft already, didn't they? They did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't do very well. No, but I think it did. <laughs> but you can't calculate those films. Yeah. They, they didn't come out of a no. corporate. You're clearly speaking like a big fan of the exploitation show. You do, you do, you do. You know what you've seen? I really wish had had more power to me is when they are watching at the induction ceremony, Birth of a Nation. Yeah. And they're seeing these horribly caricatured portrayals. And they themselves are horribly caricatured. I wish that scene had had more going on in it. As a critique of of these kinds of people watching this. It would would have made the film seem a little more self-aware if he said, I'm doing it on purpose because this is what has been done. To yes. black characters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, felt, I, wish that, I wish that I had. But it felt like we were on the verge of there being a conversation about cinema and about portrayals of people yeah. and about mm. them. The, yeah, because you have, you have Birth of a Nation, you have the exploitation posters, and that conversation, it feels like he is saying that. But there's been. The yeah, yeah, and there's been lots yeah, of interviews with him, but like, yeah. he'd never. He never comments on whether he's trying to make a, a point about cinema or. Because that makes a difference to the film if he's saying, I am doing what all these other films were guilty of as well. Mm. But sort of, re- you know, reversing it. I mean, that's an interesting film. Yes, yeah. that is an interesting film. I'm not quite yeah. sure that's the one he made. Though. No, but that would be yeah. interesting. <laughs> I think this is sort of always where these, um, always, second my conversations, but, you know, he seems to get an idea of what that film could have been, yeah. taking a particular approach to the book. Mm. Sort of, I always feel a bit regretful that that's not the film we saw. We saw something that was less well-defined. Mm. Right. Do you, how does it feel they would have felt in the film without reading the book? I know it's hard to say because you have read the book. Do you think you would have got more out of the film? Do you think you'd have been less harsh towards it? I, th- I think I would have come away enjoying it more, having not read the book. I still Every would have t- had an issue with the story structure because I mm. think that was sort of a problem in the film, but yeah. definitely would have been less critical of it because mm. I, you know, I didn't know what I was missing essentially. I mean, it, it and I, I, I would have been well. I'm kind of upset to like think that I would have thought that that was the real story of what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. No, Ellie, what do you? No, um, I feel like because well, you read half the book before you went in. Yeah. yeah. So how did you feel about the second um, half? Perhaps, that, yeah. perhaps that's why I didn't perceive the film in quite the same way because mm-hmm. I felt like I was being told the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me also as well, I feel like it's so important to recognise that it's a film that each individual will experience differently based on like their own heritage. There, you know, we are sat here as a group of white people discussing a film that is about black issues mm-hmm. essentially obviously everyone can have an opinion and a voice and obviously we're all condemning the horrific things that they're discussing but I do think perhaps a different audience would have a completely different viewpoint or think that actually it was portrayed very well or that Spike Lee's done these things for a reason 
that we don't recognize or you know there's so many layers to this that i think yeah of course we can have valid opinions on it but i think there's so much more to pull apart on it from with different perspectives yeah definitely yeah. because i think what's what was interesting again it wasn't necessarily having to investigate this but birth of the nation is a very troublesome film and, and as he states in here until the maybe mid part of the 20th century, it was always on critics' top best ten list of, and not yeah, considered Ebert, the best film. The first like blockbuster. But, yeah. And the thing is, it set the template for a lot of things that have followed. It it does have a historical uh, position mm -hmm. in the history of film, even though its subject matter is now considered yeah. horrifically offensive. Yeah. But it still set the standard for a lot of things that we see today. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting thing to examine, yeah. You know, psychological thing to examine. And yeah. in the book as well, they put a lot more emphasis on it being this um, this this great work that they they were constantly trying to watch and yeah. have like someone attend a screening of it felt like a real kind of badge of honor for imagine audience. having to rewatch a three hour film <laughs> constantly this month but I'm sure that for a very long time it was probably taught at a university level if you took yeah. film studies and yeah. I wonder if they still actually I, I wonder teach how it but recently tell, it with was. a very different yeah I'm sure they do but with mm -hmm. perspective but you said watch it for the, the craft but yeah. not the content. Yeah. And that's very troublesome mm. to. But again, there's a there's a dis there's a discourse there that's a potential that's sort of touched upon but not entirely explored about mm. media manipulation, mass media messages. Right. And it's 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 present, but it's not really explicitly. Do explored. you think that's him? keeping things more surface level to, again, appeal to a larger audience that get more people to participate in viewing this film? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it feels, it feels like there are a lot of strands and he you couldn't possibly explore yeah. all of them in, in a lot of detail. I wonder, I wonder how many people going into the movie know that Birth of a Nation is a real movie. <laughs> Really I, a lot. Like, I did film studies and like I'm aware of maybe only because of that yeah. like mm. the, the, the guy who saw me came out who was like I don't want to see for charge does he think Birth of a Nation was a movie invented for this yeah. I'm not sure he would know what it was would he, he would just if there's a black and white movie they watched halfway through yeah yeah, yeah yeah probably wouldn't know did they even reference that it was called they, they, they mentioned Birth of a Nation I think yeah. I feel like it was touched on like very briefly that's what I mean yeah yeah like, the way it was spoken about was like it was like a known thing so I think if you don't know it mm, it's yeah. very easy to like it gloss over you and not that you well, like with like you said i'm not uh, i don't i'm not okay with black exploitation tropes and stuff so they kind of i miss them or the kind of all those references any subtleties yeah. of them in, in the movie as well i think <laughs> subtleties yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the context, but, um, but but yeah similarly with birth of a nation i wonder how many i mean there's no way to gauge it but i'd be interested to know if anyone thought it was like a like a like a because like that's interesting as well. Because essentially, it's become like a propaganda movie, and people viewing uh, Black Klansman without the context of it being a real thing might assume they made a fictional movie yeah. to to show. 
uh, remember that final moment in Quentin Tarantino film where he has Samuel L. Jackson as the Stephen Fetchett character, caricature character, uh, set fire to the plantation? Yes. Uh, I mean, that, that's uh, kind of one of those uh, crazy moments where you're trying to take back history. Well, Spike history. Lee's a big critic of Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino. though. Mm. Well, that was a terrible movie. It was yeah. a terrible yeah. movie. Well, Quentin Tarantino. And that, again, that was a very incendiary way to end the film. BAFTA awarded it best screenplay for that. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. But there you have someone who's also equally overwrought. Yes. Actually, actually, sorry, a lot of my criticisms of that film, equally a criticism for me for this film, tonally. They do have a similar from, yeah. aesthetic, <laughs> yeah. even if they don't like each other. Because, you know, in that Tarantino movie, you have, like, a sort of scene of someone giving a speech which is full of hate, but in a very sort of demagogic sort of way. Yeah. And then seconds later, you have sort of slapstick violence with that lady being yanked out off screen with a shotgun blast. Yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio's character is completely um, over yeah. the top in that, <laughs> in that film as well. Yeah. But you get the same kind of settling scores. Yeah. Here, let's take a character who is usually exploited and characterized and have him be the, the, the person who yeah. triumphs over and sets fire to the it's, south. It's cinema giving people who in real life don't get a victory or like a, a conclusive, nice, neat end to their story. Like bo- Both of them just have a very Hollywood ending. Like yes. they, their, their, their hero succeeds or has their redemptive moment or a moment of revenge or, or taking power back or, or, or whatever it is. And I think um, all the films that we've discussed always has that problem, the sort of Hollywood issue of like falling into like the, well, not happily after all in this film, but like having to have this very specific story structure and not willing to realize, oh, real life does not have story structure. And it doesn't have to have this sort of climax right. mm-hmm. that's, you know, falling into that trap. It just ends. Yes, it just ends. And so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could have been really interesting, I think, to have something different like that. So. I mean, it, is, it is frightening to think in a very insidious way that there are people in place already, especially in the American government, who, sh- who probably share the values of the Ku Klux Klan, even if they don't actually belong to, the, to yeah. it, mm-hmm. to <laughs> the <laughs> organization. Yeah. And that's what's very frightening. And if you get enough of those people in place, then they start to create policy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what those final moments in We're, this film yeah, are trying to, sh- to bring to our attention. Yeah. But, but for me, it was very interesting because I wasn't buying a lot of, of the whole what preceded those final moments. Mm. And those yeah. final moments, just as news footage, again, bring all the fury and the chaos and the fear and the terror of what can be accomplished in the name of this. Yeah. Mm. But I just wish I wasn't able to dismiss all the characters so easily in the film. Yeah. So I think it would have complicated my view of the, mm. well, of the, the footage. There is the an argument to be made, just acting as devil's advocate, that, that Spike Lee you know, deserve some degree of criticism for essentially <laughs> utilising that footage to deliver a more powerful movie than, than honestly he was. That it was. Not an argument I'm making, just for <laughs> <laughs> just, just suggesting. On that note... <laughs>
on to the next one. Thank you guys. So next month, finally out in the UK, Crazy Rich Asians. You're, you're, oh, you're no, so I'm not here. Oh, be <laughs> here for the end of the month. No. <laughs> oh. Is your heart not breaking? No, it's terrible. Yeah. I'm gonna have to fly back just for, just for the just day. Just for Crazy Rich Asians. When, when you're back, we can postpone for some. Yeah, oh, yeah, we could, we could wait. Mid October. <laughs> <laughs> I think mid-October is the hate you give, probably. Yeah. So no, kind of similar tone. That that film looks quite dark, actually. We saw the I thought trailer. the trailer was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm keen. Um, we all a jump... A more nuanced. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Uh, you've read the book already. Are you, would you reread it? Oh, read my notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which will take me back yeah. to... Uh, Yeah. 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 Yeah.